Do you know what that sound is? No, it's not a tyre going down or a water leak. It is a pressure cooker. And it may as well be the noise which fills Eden Park tomorrow night when the Black Ferns in England face off in the Rugby World Cup final. Can the New Zealanders win on home soil? We'll try to get inside the team's heads and find out how they're getting ready for the challenge. We're all over the Rugby World Cup like a cheap suit. Kia ora Aotearoa, I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium. Sports news, but not as you know it from Stuff. In the words of 80s uber glam rockers, Europe... It's the final countdown. The Blackfins now have the Rugby World Cup squarely in their sights, but can they get past a determined and dominant England side? Staff reporter Joseph Pearson. Kia ora. Good morning, Zoe. Joe, are you as excited about the Rugby World Cup final as I am? I think so, but in my own way. <laughs> but please don't let my dulcet Yorkshire tones uh, confuse you. I am looking forward to it immensely. Like, last week was... Epic, wasn't it? The oh. semi-final win, and we have got the final everybody wanted except France and Canada, clearly. Yes. But yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to it. The prospect of another crowd like the opening night is is very exciting for everyone who's going to be there. And and what more than a million watched it last week? Who knows what the figures will be this week? Hopefully, double, maybe even more. Who knows? But. Yeah, it's a massive occasion in so many ways that we haven't got long enough to talk about, really. But. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about it all day. Uh, so, you know, five-time world champions, Black Ferns. England are on a 30-game winning streak. <sighs> Can the Black Ferns do it? Well, England's air of invincibility before this tournament was apparent to everyone, and it just didn't seem possible that they couldn't win this World Cup. However... That Canada game wasn't convincing, was it? Um, I still think personally England are going to win. I've said, I've come to a conclusion now that they'll win by six. Okay. So that's fewer than seven, like I said for France last week when I was wrong, uh, (laughs) of course. But the Blackfins certainly believe. Like, they've, they claim the underdogs tag immediately after. Wayne Smith said that last Saturday after they beat France. Key playmakers who've got to play well of Ruhe Demant and Theresa Fitzpatrick has probably been their best player in the tournament which is quite something considering she didn't get picked for the first game. Um, she's just been outstanding since she played. I think she came in the second game, didn't she? And she is key at number 12. Her defence last week was incredible, as well as all the quality skills she has in attack. But obviously the big challenge for the back fans is going to be up front against the meanest, nastiest, most formidable forward pack the women's game's probably ever seen in England, led by the... Uh, ferocious Marley Packer at number seven. She is an, an outstanding player, so watch out for her on the weekend. Maybe uh, if, if you've got little kids, watch out for the language that might get picked up on the mics because I saw a <laughs> clip of her in training this week and they were, had to bleep out some of the things she was saying. But she is outstanding seven, so it's going to be a big test. The Blackfans obviously have lost Leanna McKilly too this week to a thumb injury, so their forward pack is going to get the test of its lives. And last week against the French, when... What was I, I sort of decided called it the ultimate test for them. They came through that by the skin of their teeth with a few slices of luck at the end. But this is it, really. You know, this is the ultimate test for them. And can they do it? They will believe they can. They are going to need the rub of the green again. They are going to need the weather to hold out and be favourable, not be as wet as it is today. It looks like it might clear for the evening, so that will be good. 
yeah, what an occasion. I'm looking forward to it immensely. Well, bring it on, Joe. I look forward to um, being with you on Saturday night. I, I again... Last week when we talked about France, I was like, I couldn't pick it. It was going to be a couple of points in it either way. And I was right. This time, again, I I, I mean, go the Black Ferns. But honestly, I cannot pick it. I think it's going to be incredibly close, an incredibly exciting game. I hope the, the rain and wind stays away. Uh, and I hope the fans get out and support the Black Ferns. Can I just say, Aucklanders, can you please turn up to the sports event even if it rains? <laughs> Uh, it's just a bit of rain, all right? Turn up, please. <laughs> yes, please. The, mo- the more the merrier, as they say. 100%, and it's such a great vibe as well. The crowds have been amazing. Um, and actually, last Saturday, during the semi-final, that was, out of all the rugby games I've been to throughout my entire living 37 years, last week was the best day out at rugby I have ever had. So come along, be part of the final. Hope to see you there. I'm going to pack my rain jacket. It's going to be one heck of a game. Purely for balance, I called up Rob Kitson, the Guardian's reporter, here for the tournament for his take. Kia ora, Rob. Welcome to the podium. England versus the Black Ferns. England squad have been named uh, on Thursday. Any big surprises from the squad? Um, well, thanks very much for having me, uh, first of all. Um, not really big surprises. There have been a couple of injuries. Uh, they've lost Helena Rowland in the, in the semi-final against uh, Canada, and they brought in Holly Aitchison uh, into the centre and uh, Lydia Thompson, who's quite experienced, she's on the wing. So they, they've got six forwards on the on the on the bench, which might be possibly more significant. I think uh, clearly uh, their strength in the forwards. So yeah, no, I think it's um, I think they're feeling relatively confident, if I dare say that. Relatively confident uh, in front of a sold out Eden Park. It is going to be one epic matchup. Where's the crunch points in this game going to be for you? Where, if England's going to win, if uh, England's going to win, where will they do it? Well, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious. It's a big old clash of styles, isn't it? You know, we we all love how the Black Ferns play. They're they're great to watch. They've got fantastic people out wide, but you know, clearly you've got to get the ball first. And I think England are, are, are saying, well, listen. Uh, we're going to take you on sort of up front first, as they've done sort of throughout the tournament. I don't think they're going to go away, go away from their great strength, if you like. Um, so yeah, they're going to they're going to they're going to come hard at the at the breakdown. I think they're going to obviously their lineout's very good, uh, scrum isn't bad. So yeah, I think if they New Zealand wouldn't want to be giving away too many penalties, I think because they'll kick it to the corner and uh, that rolling ball is quite deadly uh, when they use it when they use it well. Yes, it, I mean, how many times have they scored off a rolling ball this tournament? And actually. You know, they're, they've won 30 games in a row. Can they make it 31? I think they definitely can. Uh, I mean, clearly that's a, that's a pretty hefty record. Or you wouldn't find there hasn't been another side, you know, male or female, who've had that sort of record coming into a into a World Cup final. I, I think, you know, I, I was uh, thinking about it. It's probably, you know, 60-40 perhaps in England's favour. Maybe maybe even 70-30 possibly. They, they, they seem to be pretty re- relaxed, pretty calm. And as I said before, pretty pretty confident actually. Um, so yeah, I, and, and particularly if there's a little bit of rain around, I think that wouldn't do them any harm either. Mm, well, Wayne Smith uh, said on Thursday that this is one of the greatest England teams of all time, male or female. That's a big statement from Wayne Smith, and it must be pretty good being a UK Juno and hearing a New Zealand coach say something like that. Yeah, but you know what he's trying to do. He's trying to make everybody get a little bit ahead of themselves and uh, focus on how good England are. And you know, never mind all oh, the plucky little black ferns. You know, it's it's you know, it's all part of the pre-game 
matchup. What I would say is that you know you've got to, you've got to go back to 2003 with England. You know, Martin Johnson lifted the trophy in, in Sydney, beating Australia in the World Cup final with the men. Uh, you know, that's a while ago, uh, and England had you know they had nobody, no side, you know, male or female has won a, a World Cup in the Southern Hemisphere since. So it would be a big old achievement, and I. You know whether uh, Wayne, who's a who's a lovely man, or whether he's being uh, entirely disingenuous <laughs> uh, or, or not, I don't know. But uh, it's uh, no, it's a great prospect. I think it'll be a great game, and uh, it, you know, say hopefully Kappa a really good tournament. I think. So score predictions. Here we go. So you see, it's kind of sixty forty, and <laughs> you know, for England, what do you reckon? How close is it going to be? Well, when I said sixty forty, I didn't mean that was going to be the score. Uh, but I, I know, I, <laughs> no. I, I, I think uh, no. I mean, I, I think it, it does depend on the weather. It does. Uh, I, I think the Blackburns will score a, a, a few points. I think. Um, so let's go thirty-one twenty-one England. Oh. Okay then, all right then. Well, uh, I look forward to seeing you at the game. It's going to be a fantastic night. Well, yes, no, I look forward to it too. And, and thanks again very much for having us. We've, uh, we've much enjoyed being in New Zealand as ever. That was Guardian journalist Rob Kitson, staff columnist Honey Hitomi Smiler, who knows World Cup finals better than most, reckons the Black Ferns will come out on top and pretty convincingly. I think... Um you know, just seeing the girls and, and what they were able to produce and, and, you know, I suppose just put up that significant fight um, against the French on Saturday. I think it sets us up nicely. It's, uh, I think, proves to the world that, you know, that they're here to retain that cup and that's exactly what they'll do. Have you got a score prediction for us? Ooh. I think it'll be a close one again. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping it's not by one point uh, this time <laughs> round. But, yeah, no, I, I can't give you a score prediction, but I'd say we'll, we'll be up by one or two tries come the final. So. Oh, one or two tries. Okay, then. Whoever claims victory, it will be a sensational game. English hooker Amy Cocaine's on board with it being labelled the dream final. I think it's huge. I think for both teams it's pretty big. Um, and we're kind of almost in this transformative stage of women's rugby where we've got some that are professional, some that aren't. Um, but in terms of us as a group, obviously we had a lot of hurt from that 2017 World Cup um, and it's been five years since then. Um, We've been putting in some proper hard training as well. So, yeah, but the whole occasion, like, it's quite good that New Zealand are there because, like, a sold-out stadium, even though probably most of them will be booing us, but, you know, we'll thrive off that as well. So I think, yeah, couldn't have asked for for a much better final, to be honest. And after a couple of laughs, Ruby Tui summed up how much has changed for the Black Ferns in recent years, especially around how the public views the team. Why do you think that is, that all of a sudden New Zealand's fallen in love? I'm, I'm obviously funny. <laughs> um, nah, it's, it's cool though, right? Like, so we met 2010 and just imagine this. Nobody knows who the Black Friends are. Nobody knows what they look like. Nobody follows women's rugby. We're told you will never be paid. We're told we're not giving you Eden Park for the World Cup. We'll give you somewhere that holds 5,000 because you're not going to sell it out. We're told Women's rugby doesn't matter. And then here we are 12 years later, Eden Park's sold out, bro. We've all got stories. We've got amazing people in the team. People are, you know, there's momentous occasions. We're at home. We're playing the best team in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here talking to the most media I've ever talked to for the Black Ferns. Bro, it's a special moment. It's a really, really special moment. So I think, um, you know, sometimes Kiwis, 
can be so laid back we lie down but we finally got up so um, yeah we spoke about it. Stick around because in a few minutes we'll hear from the team's mental skills coach to find out how they've coped with the pressure so far and why he's trying not to get too involved ahead of the final. In the Women's Rugby League World Cup this morning, the Kiwi Ferns were close to an upset against Australia, but ultimately lost 10-8 in an absolutely nail-biting game. The Kiwi Ferns will now play hosts England in the semi-final doubleheader on Monday. The men square off against Australia on Saturday morning for a place in the Men's Rugby League World Cup final. I asked Honey Hidemi Smiler, who played at four League World Cups, what she's expecting. This game really makes me nervous, to be honest. I, mean, I think the, the boys, uh, you know, they, they've been slowly building as well. Now, I don't think they've really put out a complete performance. Mm. And, that, and that game against Fiji was uh, really uh, too close for my liking, especially after only just recovering from the Black Ferns game. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, to go through that. But, you know, I can, once they sort of, I think, um, really start to get the likes of Jerome Hughes and that on the ball early and, and organising early, then, you know, their attack will start to come. It's still looking a little bit uh, disjointed and a little bit clunky in areas, I think, they've been talking about. But, yeah, once they sort of, I think, uh, uh, have their, uh, I think, their starting third, available to them, yeah, they'll be able to pull out a good performance and, and qualify through. It'll be a tough one, though. It's going to be a great game. Yeah. Do you think the Kiwis can do it? Yeah, I do. I do believe they can do it. When you look at them individually, um, you know, they, they've got a really impressive uh, forward pack, you know, and I think that's where the, the key difference will be is ensuring that we can, you know, work through the middle and then, you know, unle- unleash the likes of uh, Joey Manu out the back there. You know, he, he's been prominent, probably looking to be, you know, w- the World Cup Player of the Year, if, if you ask me. But um, I think if we work through the middle and, and, and put in that grind, you know, we, we can wear the Australians down, I think, uh, and our pack is, is um, a lot more prominent than than the Australians. And, you know, the, the Aussies have got some pretty decent firepower out on the edges. If we can starve them of position, that'll be... Would be a good way to a big a good tactic to take into the semi final. Well, bring it on! It's an action packed weekend of sports. Go the Black Ferns. Hundred <laughs> percent go the Black Ferns. <laughs> <laughs> The All Blacks face off against Scotland early Monday morning. Set your alarm for 3.15 if you want to watch it live. In previous years, this would have been a slam dunk. But this year, well, anything's possible. Kia ora staff reporter Rob Van Royen. So you wrote the other day about the All Blacks uh, that they're like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, but... They've been consistently inconsistent, haven't they? Absolutely. I mean, it's we're, we've got two tests uh, left in the year and they still haven't strung a couple of good performances together. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is this is a team that can go to Johannesburg and against all odds beat South Africa and then come home and get rolled by Argentina. They can uh, struggle past Japan, but on, on either side of it, put in good performances against Australia and Wales. So, yeah, really up and down year. Um, it's hard. You just don't know what you're going to get from them. And so this week, how are we going to go? And and I see TJ Pedernada's back. Yeah, he's back in the squad. I mean, that, all the, so that team will be named 12.30 a.m. Saturday morning. Uh, so most people will catch that team when they get up on Saturday. Uh, look, he's back in the squad. He's swapped with Brad Webber, who... Um, goes to the All Blacks 15 for the game against the Barbarians. Perinara hasn't played for the All Blacks this year. He's um, he, he played quite well for the All Blacks 15 
last week. Uh, so look, there's a chance he'll make the squad. I still think uh, Aaron Smith will start. Um, but yeah, he's, he's back in the mix, a 78 test veteran. And in Edinburgh, can Scotland beat the All Blacks? I don't I think so. Look, they never, they haven't beaten them in the past. But I mean, you've got to say this is an All Blacks team that's pretty good at making history in terms of losing to sides for the first time uh, in the last <laughs> wee while. So, look, you you wouldn't write them off completely again, just because if you want to talk about that lack of consistency with them. But that said, I do think there's been some um, promising signs for the All Blacks, and, and there's been a fair bit of growth, especially in, in the forward pack. Um, I, I think they'll be too good for Scotland. They were very impressive against Wales last week. Uh, and look, if they can, we're at the stage now where the All Blacks are seven and four this year. If they can, uh, if they can finish the year with a couple of wins, uh, nine and four from where they were earlier this year. I mean, remember that disastrous Irish tour, the loss um, to South Africa first up. If they could uh, finish nine and four, it would actually. You'd probably think well, actually that's not too bad, especially from where they were. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. This is the stage last year where it all turned to custard, where they had a couple of losses against Ireland and France, of course. Well, bring it on. 3.15am Monday morning, the All Blacks versus Edinburgh. Thanks so much, Rob Van Royen. No problem. The Black Caps will have to watch Pakistan and England pay off for the T20 World Cup after their semi-final defeat. I spoke to former coach Mike Hesson about that semi-final performance. Did we squander a perfect opportunity? Uh, look, I don't think so. I mean, you make the semi-finals, you give yourself a chance. I mean, I, I don't think it's a matter of squandering. I think that Pakistan probably played some smarter cricket. Um, you know, we lost some pretty key moments. Um, and I don't think we... We adjusted as quickly as we needed to. Um, I mean, once we lost Devin Conway at the back of the power play, we we sort of lost a four or five over period, which was pretty much the game, really. I think that probably cost us 20 runs, and um, that pretty much cost us the game. So, um, you know, Pakistan certainly were uh, were at their best, and, and we were probably off it a bit. Well, what an absolutely epic display from England last night, 170 for none, with 20 balls, 24 balls to spare, Hales and Joss Butler, record T20 partnership. What did you make of that game? Uh, look, I think India were, were a little bit passive in terms of the way they, they batted and, and had to generate a strike rate at the back end. So it was a little bit old school cricket in terms of getting to that score. And then England um, came out and were pretty fearless, really, when they got away to a good start. Um, but yeah, they pretty much blew India off the park, which was was not what many people would have predicted. So, um, you know, England struggled at the start of the tournament, but certainly looked like they're hitting the straps at the moment. I mean, we've got our series, Black Caps versus India, starting next Friday night at uh, Sky Stadium in Wellington. What's your predictions for that? Well, there's, <laughs> there's a few big stars of India mm-hmm. uh, missing, which which you'll see. Um, New Zealand will get to see a few of the other stars in the IPL who I know pretty well, and there's, some, there's plenty of talent, there's no doubt about that. But... Be interesting to see what New Zealand do. You know whether they see it as an opportunity to to maybe blood a couple of younger players and um, give them a chance at, at sort of playing a bit more of an expressive style of T20, um, especially through the middle. So, be interesting to see what happens there. But it's going to be a great series. It always is. The crowds will turn up, and they always do when India comes. So, um, it'll be a great atmosphere and. Um, yeah, you can series. Yeah, I love the Indian fans. I love going to the game when it's you know New Zealand, India. It's just, there's just such a magnificent vibe about it. So I'm going to be there uh, next Friday night in in Wellington. Um, and do you want to send any best wishes to Wayne Smith and the Black Ferns? Yeah, without doubt. Sort of watched the Black Ferns throughout. I thought it was a tremendous game last week, and I love the way 
the style of cricket, the the style of rugby and the passion the, the Black Ferns have showed. So I know England are going to be tough to beat. Um, obviously, haven't lost a game for, I think it's 30, but uh, I think, yeah, Wayne Smith and um, the Black Ferns are certainly up for the game and obviously be a fantastic event, great crowd, and, and wish I was there. Oh, it's it's going to pour down on Saturday night, but it's going to oh, be really? yeah. The weather is not great up here in Auckland right now, but it is uh, just going to be a spectacular day. I wonder if uh, England can make it one in the rugby and one in the cricket. Whether they can win two World Cups, maybe the Black Ferns. Yeah, I hope can not, s- eh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Mike Kesson, thanks so much. Pleasure, thanks, Zoe. Here's what else is making headlines. The football fans play their first game against South Korea and Christchurch tomorrow at 2.30 at Orange Theory Stadium in Christchurch. It's the first of two friendlies between the two sides as they prepare for the FIFA Football World Cup being co-hosted by New Zealand in July and August next year. New Zealand's para swimmers have added seven medals to the team's 26 medal haul at the Virtuous Oceania Asia Games in Brisbane. Virtuous Oceania Games 2022 is an international multi-sport event uh, for elite athletes with an intellectual impairment. Meanwhile, Caleb Evans won gold at the Parasailing World Championships. Great stuff. And on Sunday, Israel Adesanya is taking on Alex Pereira in UFC 281 at Madison Square Gardens, 4pm. Bring it on. Defending champs on home soil, playing at Eden Park against the world's number one team who are on a winning streak of more than 30 games. When you lay it out like that, the task for the Black Ferns really comes into focus. I spoke to Jean Gavala, the team's mental skills coach, to get more about how they're preparing and staying focused. Kia ora Jean, welcome to the podium. Kia ora, thank you. What kind of advice are you giving the players this week? Oh, this week is I'm actually stepping away as much as I can because I've done everything that we can do as a whole coaching group um, and leaders to prepare the women. So it's uh, just making sure not filling their heads up with things they don't need to know or that, that, that they've actually already nailed. So, yeah, just stepping back and only stepping in when needed. Stepping back and only stepping in when needed. That's really great advice. <laughs> yeah, well, like in finals week, coaches and I'm a psychologist probably might feel they need to intervene because of perhaps your own insecurities or vulnerabilities. Have you done everything you can? Have you prepared the women for their final? Um, and I'm confident that the women are really in a good space, so no need to um, add extra noise. How about that semi-final on Saturday night? My goodness. What was the mentality like going into that game? Is it like each game at a time? You're not thinking too far ahead? Because we have seen some early jitters both in that semi-final and in the game against Australia. What was that vibe like going into those games? Yeah, I, th- I think like leading up to the semi, we had a, a pretty clear plan. What were priorities to prepare the the women and looking back at performances, discussing with leaders how the vibe was on the field and then also observations from off the field. Semi-final was again like uh, stepping back, light touches with key people, uh, reinforcing um, same messages and then again same thing semi-final to final. So, What are those messages? Um, or can you not give it away? I can talk broadly around it, it's really around um, making sure that we're actually doing what we said we were going to do and what we'd practiced and if there were variation away from that why and how to uh, readdress that for this match and ensuring that the players are supporting each other. We're all very aware of 
um, players in our units about what they're trying to achieve from a mindset point of view. And if you see one of your friends drifting away from that, um, bringing them back into that space, and if they're, if they're nailing it, then just re positively reinforcing that um, they've got each other's back. And I think that's really important from a psychological point of view. I love that. That's super important, isn't it? You know, knowing that you're part of a team, that you've got each other's backs, that you're a unit working together, there's something incredibly special. Like, I talked about the Wairoa okay. um, from the weekend uh, and just the attitude and the mentality and the vibe that was coming off the players and from the crowd. Yeah. It was it was really special. So from a from a mental skills point of view, how do you, does that just happen naturally or have you helped shape that in some way? Each and every woman on the field has they've got something special about them and they've all got energy so it's a matter of trying to understand whose energy needs to take priority at a given time in the game and that's where our leaders are very important and I think as the players have been exposed to pressures, new moments that they've never ever experienced before, they're learning and understanding how to harness that energy and how to to take an energy from the crowd, from their whanau, from the coaches, from the messages. We yeah. have a, uh, a saying that we want our players to be red hot physically, like be dominant, be aggressive, be accurate, be efficient. But we want them to have a very cool mentality so they're actually seeing things very clearly. Uh, they're making the best decisions that they can when they're absolutely smashing somebody or getting hit themselves. And yeah, just trying to keep, keep upstairs as clear as possible, which will enable them to perform to their best. Kia ora, producer John O. Hello, Zoe. What's this about the Warriors opening game next next year? It's clearly not Warriors fans' year because the first home game for the team has had to be moved to Wellington because Harry Styles is playing at Mount Smart Stadium a few days after it's scheduled. And so the stadium is going to be in the midst of getting ready for his concert so the Warriors can't play at their home venue. This is not good news for Warriors fans because they haven't really had a proper full season since 2019 pre-COVID. And now the, the first time they get one, the first game is away from the home venue. All because of Harry Styles. All because of Harry Styles. I wish I knew more Harry Styles songs so I could make some puns here, but they're just going to fall flat so I'm not even going to try. The Warriors are going in one direction and it's to Wellington. Oh, boom, there it is. Mic drop. I'm not even going to try and top that. And that's the podium. Um, before we go, go the Black Ferns. Go the Black Ferns. We'll bring you all the action post-game. Oh, goodness, it's going to be a big weekend. Um, but join us uh, for all the action. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producer John O'Williams and Philippa Tolley, audio editor Connor Scott, thank you so much for listening. Please send us all your wonderful feedback about the Black Ferns, what sport you love, what you want to hear us talking about, the podium at stuff.co.nz. Oh, we'll see you Sunday and Monday. Until then, namihi, go well. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, that, I think that, it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.